0: Hey, I just wanted to say before the episode begins that uh, this is going to be divided into two parts. The first part is going to be me talking to Cody and Talon of Flip Club about how what uh, their lives were like before it started and how they got to the point of starting it. And then the second part will be them creating Flip Club and then the journey onwards. Okay? Thank you. Bye. I might do it for the coach. Hi, welcome to For The Culture Canada. I'm your host, Deepak Body. Today is February 10th, 2020. And uh, today I'm interviewing Cody and Talon of Flip Club. Flip Club is a parkour gym inside Kelowna, which uh, allows people to practice parkour, great way of uh, getting their fitness going and uh, building confidence in people. And uh, I just wanted to say that these guys I've talked to quite a few times in my private time and they're great people. And I'm very excited about having them on the show because they have a really cool, business and it's something that I wish that I could do because to be honest, if I could work on uh, being more fit and be more confident in that, uh, that'd be awesome. So welcome to the show, guys. Appreciate you coming by. Thanks for having us. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling? Great. A little awkward. It's money. Oh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you guys were saying to me earlier that you haven't done an interview about your business or anything like that before, hey? No. Um, I wanted to just sort of ask you like, uh, first of all, how did you guys meet? And uh, where are you guys from?
1: So uh, I'm. I was born in uh, Richmond, Vancouver. Moved around all my childhood, and then nestled in Kelowna around 2006, and grew up here. Mm. Yeah. Um. Go ahead, Gody.
2: Uh I was born and raised in Calgary. Uh, moved to southern Alberta mm. and started coaching probably around 2012. And then uh, ended up in Kelowna putting out resumes randomly across BC for fun. <laughs> with my wife and kids and dragged them along. And the first place that that uh, I got a job was in Kelowna and Talon helped me move in.
0: Oh, crazy. So that's kind of how
2: we met. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, Through just the process of like dropping off resumes you guys met?
2: Well, like I, I dropped off the resume or sorry, I emailed the resume to Colonial Gymnastics. They uh, interviewed me. Everything went good. And then I, we just packed up a U-Haul truck and moved here. And then when we got here, Talon and uh, the, the whole crew that was at Colonial Gymnastics that was basically running everything at the time all showed up and helped me move in. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was cool. Cool, that's so sick. Hell mm-hmm. yeah!
0: So, um, Talon, it sounds like you were in the gymnastics world a little sooner.
1: Um, so not gymnastics world. Uh, I used to I used to do skateboarding, and then eventually that just kind of fell out, and I fell in love with parkour after finding it. Right. Um, and I wanted to start teaching it to other people. Uh, so I I put in a resume at Kelowna Gymnastics as well. Probably. I want to say three, four years before Cody showed up. Mm. Um. Anyways, got a job there and started the parkour program at Colonial Gymnastics, and then yeah, it's kind of, kind of all
2: like that. That story that. is definitely is a lot more like, oh. like <laughs> yeah, detail because like he started the class from like like nothing. Like he just wanted to tell the owner, hey, can I start like a parkour class or something like that? And right. it wasn't really a afterthought. The owner probably didn't even care. It was, so it was just sure like a, do whatever. It's a Friday night. Wow, whatever.
1: Yeah. And right. S- and so like within the first week, the class was completely maxed. Wow. Yeah. Led. So it was set at six, and then people were waitlisted within yeah, a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. And then it was just started exploding after that. And within within a year, it was up to 180 students.
0: Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it was it was quite intense. And then Oh, uh, man. Oh, man. I'm going back far. Yeah. So by the, <laughs> I'm by trying the t- to remember. By the
2: time I even showed up, like, that program was in full motion. Oh, wow. Like, so I come in to coach trampoline at Kelowna Gymnastics and, the, like, I'm walking in and there's students doing wall backfuls and, and punch double front flips and stuff like that. And I was like, who the heck are these kids? Like, they're not gymnastics trained or whatever. They're just these kids off the street that love, love the sport, so…
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so after after the after about uh, 8 months um the owner, uh, one of the owners uh like bought both sides of the buildings like beside us. So there yeah. was a car shop on to the right of us and then there was a electrical warehouse to the left of us and so they ended up just like absorbing both (laughs) Uh, and so we just moved in set everything up and started getting more parkour blocks and it just it just blew up yeah Uh, i made a parkour team called team evolved okay it was awesome Uh, yeah that was was awesome lots of lots of so so many good memories Mm -hmm. Uh, and we ended up going out to vancouver and doing like a few like competitions at a place called origins parkour which is like one of the top three the. parkour gyms in the world. Wow, no, no Grail arguments. Wow. Or, um, <clears throat> and so, um, this w- we ha- I had a few students who actually like competed, and this one guy named Matthew, uh, joined Team Evolved, and within six months was better than everyone else, including me, and like took first place at one of the competitions there at a provincial level competition. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was crazy like it was it's one of those things that you're just like okay we 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 actually have something here like this is taking off Let's keep yeah going, you know? yeah
2: um so i remember at that time like talking to Talon being like dude how much are you getting paid like what what are you doing like this is your program you built it like every kid is here for you i'm like cuz i'm i'm at that time still just grasping the concept of business i'm trying to do the math of how many students i have in my trampoline program i'm trying to make sure that i'm like at least worth my while at the gym, you know, doing all that math. And then I did the math for the freaking parkour side with 180 kids paying, you know, 25 bucks an hour. And I was like, okay, like that's more than the whole trampoline side combined. So like, why am I getting paid, you know, whatever it was, $25 an hour and Talon's getting paid $16 an hour or whatever it was at the time.
1: Yeah, $16 an hour. <laughs> and, so, and and that includes, wow. that includes paying for travel out to these competitions. Yeah. I paid for apparel I paid for like um, some some equipment.
2: Like volunteered his time. Like it w- in the respect of like not being disrespectful to religion or anything like that. I I coined the name for Talon that I would call him all the time was Parkour Jesus. Yeah, because like he would just give his time, his money. He would be spending money on these on these bracelets to you know represent his team. He would be building like doing his own merch. Right and barely right. making anything, but like do it to promote his. His thing, sure, because so.
1: yeah, because if you get like deep into the parkour community, it's like and like some people will call it a cult, um, <laughs> like but like, <laughs> actu- it it actually is think, to a point, yeah, yeah. um, because because everyone is just like it's it's a selfish sport with a selfless community, meaning you train for yourself and you focus on making yourself better, but everyone else around you is supporting you through and through. Yeah, and so I was just trying to give back to that because the community had done that for me. Like I was going through a real, real rough time family wise and and school wise um, and emotionally because angsty teenager. Yeah, uh, when I got into it, um, and parkour definitely like gave me an outlet to just be me and just train and have fun. And I, I actually got pretty good at it. I remember uh, this is it's going off on a bit of a tangent now. Um, two weeks into getting into parkour, the people who had originally dragged me into it, I I was throwing tricks that they never had. um, And they'd been training for two years at that point. So they were just like, oh shit. Oh damn! What kind of monster have we unleashed? I remember
2: doing a deep dive on your Facebook and like scrolling down into the like the first time I saw you do a Webster on concrete or something like that in high school, and like you could see those videos. And he was like, Or like the first time he did a flip outside, like you can like that history was there, and so it was kind of fun to see him and his athletes take that stuff they were training in the gym and take it outside. Mm. And they're like, "That's the first one." That's like that's the first back. And like you know, it was cool. Like. For them, it was they were breaking barriers, they were breaking down walls and stuff. It was cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, that's crazy. So obviously, you had a quite a big influence with all the kids that you must have been training with and all that. Hey,
1: yeah, huge, huge influence. Yeah, um, yeah. And so when when Cody eventually approached me with all these numbers, and I started doing the math, um, just keeping numbers vague, uh, the parkour program was making just shy of a quarter million dollars a year. Yeah, for and like that's like just the parkour program. Like, like that would not exist without me being there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I I approached the one of the owners and asked, okay, so like, and like this is also like just after I moved out and I was like, hey, I'm broke. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I was like okay and like I'm not I'm not doing it for money so just keep that in mind um, so I asked for $20 an hour which is which is fair I think like, that's
0: a conservative based on what you're telling me that sounds yeah. so conservative yeah,
1: uh, like, I was
2: telling him more for sure <clears throat> yeah.
1: yeah yeah some people were t- asked, demanding I say 30 I even went to, and uh, spoke with a a friend whose uh, parent was a financial advisor and went and sat down in a meeting with him and He said thirty-two, or you walk, Um, which is I was like, "Holy shit, no, (laughs) that's way too much." Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this for the money. Yeah. Uh, So I went up and approached for twenty, and he said, "Yeah, we'll we'll think about it." And some time passed, and then he came back with a no, and so I said, "Okay." So I tried to play the hardball, which is, okay, well, here's my two weeks' notice, because I I knew like there was no one else in Kelowna that could do that. Without me, yeah. Um, At least I assumed. Uh, And so two weeks go by. I sit down with both of the owners because there were two owners at the time, and they they try to fire me. Well, yeah, yeah. It was it was really weird. They're like, okay, so we're gonna have to like split ways. And I was just like, (coughs) I'm quitting. If you don't give me a raise, like. Oh yeah, we'll just put that on the paperwork just to make it easier for us. And I was like, okay, whatever. Right. Um, which at the time probably was a bad idea. Uh, anyways, because severance. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I didn't care. So I handed my key and and left. Um, and years later I would sit down with one of the owners that had left after, you know, shit went sideways. And uh, I found out that they were never told that I gave my two weeks notice and that the other owner had been pitting each other, uh, uh, me and that owner against each other because we were both like kind of, what's a good, a a little bit. Their
2: programs clashed, if you will. Oh, I see, I see, I see. see.
1: Because the parkour program needed blocks and there was no wood blocks available at the time and, and so we need to use these phone blocks, but their program requ- also required the use of these blocks. So like we were constantly clashing, which is which is sad. And then I guess the one owner, I'll call owner one, which is the dickhead, and owner two, which is like the angel in disguise. Um owner one would constantly pit and say things that I didn't actually say to owner two. And then I'd approach owner two being like, hey, like I heard you had an issue, and then owner two would go off on me, and I was like, well, I never said that And then uh, it just eventually made her seem like, uh, damn it.
2: i I, I saw it- that miscommunication at a distance and I just thought it was miscommunication. I didn't know that it was planned like by the one owner in that way to to navigate that whole process and and after seeing the other things that fell years like years later through through my being there, I understood that like that was deliberate. Like, yeah. Yeah. like so that was a planned So Owner
1: Two and I, years after I had quit and gone and done my own thing, I got into uh siding, concrete, custom home building with a company called Genuine Custom Builders, which later turned into fodgery. Mm. Um and those guys are angels, which is a whole nother story. Um, I actually sat down with owner two and like had like a good heart to heart and like Buried a, buried the hatchet, so to speak, on like a lot of issues. And he fig- found out all of that stuff that, oh, I never said that. Mm. Oh, that's what you were told kind of thing. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: there's probably quite a bit of like jealousy and animosity alongside with the equipment, but also probably the money as well. Yeah, right? like
1: I owner one had told owner two that I wanted to take out owners two's office and turn it into a parkour area.
2: Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. But that was like not the case at all. It was just he wanted more equipment or more time on floor. I, I just wanted
1: right. like to be able to build stuff mm-hmm. or get some stuff built. So yeah, which is which is tragic. But um, honestly, looking back at all of that and like I know that's the crazy story, but it was definitely for the best health uh, mentally for me to have gone through that kind of experience. Yeah. Just to grow up. Because at the time being, you know, 18, 19, um, and leaving just before I was 20, uh, I was a real egotistical prick, mm. a real big egotistical prick. Um, so, actually, going out and experience the real world and going and doing construction with some of the hardest, most loving people I've ever met to like smack me and wake me up, like <laughs> mentally, and make me grow up. Um, was definitely the best situation that could have happened.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes the worst things that end up being the best things for you, hey? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, it was emotional, but needed.
0: Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And then, so how did all that turn into Flip so, Club? Like,
2: so when he left. So, yeah, that's us go yeah, 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 yeah. When, yeah, definitely, he, definitely. when, when Talon quit, slash, got fired, it's still debatable. No, it's, he went uh, quit. I was
1: ever, he <laughs> Everyone was told I was fired yeah. when I had actually quit. So right. the
2: important thing that I learned at this point was controlling your own narrative. Now Talon at that point didn't care about the narrative; he knew the narrative in his mind. But the narrative from everybody else's perspective, because of how the owner painted it, mm-hmm. was that he quit mm-hmm. and moved on to bigger and better was things. Fired, mm-hmm. so or that he was fired. Like he 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 put it in a way so that. He had like talent had 180 athletes that would basically, you know, follow him anywhere that he went. If he were to open up a parkour gym next door, there's 180 athletes gone. So controlling the narrative from that business perspective made sense. It's diabolical, but it makes sense. So I'm there still coaching my program, trying to build my trampoline program. Now, at that point in time, secretly I'm super Strangely grateful because I am then going in and trying to steal every one of his athletes that he's now left. Right. Because they are extremely strong minded. Yeah. They know how to try new skills. They know how to think their way through skills. Like they've been not just physically trained, but like mentally trained. And like a lot of, like one of those athletes is still to this day training trampoline at a higher level than, than like you, when you saw him on, tra- if you saw him on trampoline, it'd be he, cool. he's,
1: he's throwing like triples consecutively.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, like the the mindset that I saw that Talon was able to instill in athletes was like how are you doing that like what are you doing and like Talon has a unorthodox coaching style like like you know and some some people would complain about it and even to the point where Bruce would create a parkour class so he would create a parkour class that I would coach and I'm just like this I'll set up four blocks and we'll all run in a circle and try stupid stuff mm-hmm. um and so I had no idea what parkour was. I didn't understand the vaults. I didn't know how to roll correctly, like all of that stuff. So from, and and the same thing. So like if Talon were to coach a trampoline class, like I was a level three trampoline coach in the gym. So we both like had each other's kind of like respective, like I respect you, you respect me. But then the owner was forcing me to do like a parkour class because there were kids that he felt were like not quite Tailored to talent's mindset. Right. And so he's trying to create these like fun ninja type classes or whatever. And so I remember coaching a couple of the kids in those classes, but then seeing talent's classes and the kids would stand there and listen to him. And the kids would like respect everything or like they would do the whole conditioning while he's dragging mats over top of them. And like, <laughs> right. Like, right. But that was part of like, it was part of the process. And like, as much as you just be like, well, I don't want you dragging a mat over my kid while he's doing push ups. This isn't the military. Right. But the kids like, they were all like laughing. anybody every like every single one of them would would again to this day you you see one of these kids walk into the gym that talent hasn't coached for years, and the mom and the kids are just like i'm we're so glad we found you again mm-hmm. like right like and he, so there was never like as much as I heard from the owner's perspective that he he didn't really like that type of thing, I saw that it was like like he was building these kids, yeah. And so I, that's not, and that's not in my personality. I'm not able to kind of like push kids in that way. Right. So I'm, I'm a, you know, totally different. So Tal and I are kind of different in that, in that aspect. But watching that was kind of cool, and taking his athletes into my program was wonderful. Mm. Like, like no, <laughs> like, no disrespect. <laughs> like every single time one of the parker athletes was in a trampoline class, I was like, this is going to be fun. Like this is going to be good. Right. And so I, I, yeah, I, I watched that, and I saw the value in that. And so like in hindsight. Um, knowing that when finally when Talon was in a position and I was in a position where it's like, let's do something, I had all of that like as a resume towards Talon to trust him, to know what he's capable of, all that stuff. And then, you know, he'd grown as a human in more ways than I could th- thought that a human could grow yeah. in that short amount of time. And so I was, that was kind of cool. And thank so thank you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Jason? <laughs> Shout out to other people uh, who tolerated Talon for, t- for three years. Jason's
1: the guy that. R- um, and I and I put this lightly ripped me out of a bad place mentally. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. How did he do that? Who It's gonna get emotional. Let, okay. Let's 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 do it. Um, I won't go into too many personal details. Um, but uh, Jason's. So let me let me explain who Jason is. Jason is one of those people who is he is not a nice person. You cannot define him as a nice person. You can only define him as a caring person. He's the person who will call you out on all of your bad mistakes. But if you need it, he will give you the shirt off his back. He will give you everything he has to make sure you can like sustain yourself. Um, so this is, this is another angel in disguise, so hmm. to speak. Um, you'd think he's a devil if you just met him and just talked with him for a little bit and he called you out on something or whatever. But really, he he's the first person to have your back. Um, so, anyways, uh, him and I are out talking about stuff, and you know, he he called me out on on you know this that and being egotistical, and you know, looking back, he of course he's right because he always is. It's annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we're talking, and I brought a, and he just kept like. Like poking a certain button. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to word this without revealing certain details. Um <laughs> keep it PG, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no
1: kidding. Um, so anyways, he started poking certain buttons and finally like I'd come to a point where I was like, okay, I gotta let this weight off my chest. And so I told him, um, for those who know the 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 pool story, um and he just kind of like, well, no, sorry. He saw that I was trying to say something. And then as he described it, he was a snake in the grass. And he saw that he needed to strike and be like hard, like almost be like a dad. And like just hit as hard as he could and like with words, of course, not physically. Um and so I ended up just telling him the the pool story, as, is, as I've been calling it. And, you know, we both like broke down crying on a bench downtown. Um, and from that point on, it was just kind of like just uphill from there. So I started getting all this weight off my chest. I started actually revealing to people why I had acted the way I had and like had certain reactions to certain things. Um and from yeah from that point on like
2: yeah I remember you telling me too I yeah remember, like after that you kind of thought it was a process and so you came out to other people and explained that feeling towards them and it was yeah it was interesting to build to internalize that myself looking at your past history and the way that you built yourself and your ego and all that stuff to protect you and then who you were becoming and like being raw through that that was yeah yeah so yeah. So, so if intense. it wasn't
1: like the path I was on was not a good path because I was just becoming like a. <clears throat> Like, like I built a wall that I could just bulldoze through and I had the, like the work ethic and the, the mental fortitude. Yeah, like endurance almost to like push myself to do anything I wanted. But the path I was bulldozing through was not healthy and so Jason coming, coming in and just like helping me veer my path into something way more healthy is like, like one of the, like the pinnacle of my life. Like that's, that's when I really started living cuz everything else was just kind of me flailing mm. so to speak. Right. Yeah. So wow. so yeah, after after that that point in time um yeah, I started telling people what had happened. Um I I'd go through uh, flashbacks of the pool story and so like I I it it comes in different ways. I can't believe I'm saying this on uh online. We can decide Um, what you want to do with it after. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, And so, since that point, the flashbacks have gone down from one a day to one every two months. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like, so it just kind of like, like, drugs didn't help. Um, It like recreationally or prescribed. that whole like get my green card and smoke pot to make myself feel better didn't help. It was just a good friend, a good man waiting and helping someone in need.
0: Right. He obviously was able to tell that you're going through some things that you couldn't overcome. And so he helped you bring those walls down. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And brutally. <laughs> brutally. But like… That, like Tony Robbins style. Man. That that is, that is what was needed though, right? Because yeah. like I built those walls so high and so thick so to speak that like anyone who tried to approach it just nope nope Mm. no I'd shut down and so yeah no I will forever be grateful to Jason so So, so and I keep in mind when I went and do construction I worked with Jason oh I see yeah and so Jason's another parkour athlete as well oh interesting that's actually how we met and he was doing construction when I had quit and we were also living together Mm. Oh, it's, it's a crazy story um, I mean get into it if you want to <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I quit and then I was looking for a job and Jason was like hey we need another hand um, and so I was like yeah sure I'd love to do construction that's something I've always wanted to learn and it's a useful skill um, later it would become <laughs> an extremely useful skill um, so anyways I go and work for Jason I met another fantastic human being uh named Steve. Steve. Yeah, the man. Steve's awesome. Steve, Steve is awesome. Um and so uh yeah, I worked with them for for years and then a few years down the line after learning, you know, you know, carpentry, like finishing, siding, framing, concrete. Um the company I worked for, like the owners were so like kind. Like you know, you'd you'd expect a construction boss to be like a, a jackass and like yeah. yell at you and whatnot, but these guys were on the ball constantly. They, like no, they may have never answered their phones, but when they heard the voicemail, they were there for you in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, unless you were whining about something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Right, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, naturally.
0: Um and so after that off after that whole experience working in construction, you must have felt this great weight off your chest and everything. And uh, you probably walked around with a little bit more vulnerability and clarity afterwards too, hey?
1: Oh yeah, it was it was it was it was extremely odd to feel real confidence for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz cuz everything else had just been fake to put on a mask. Right. Um, so to feel that like real confidence was just like, like just brought on real happiness. Yeah. Right? So like overcoming, overcoming hell felt good. Right. Yeah.
2: It's, it's Instead funny. Instead of the, just
1: falling into it.
2: The dichotomy or I don't know if that's the right word, but the contrast between his past history story and my past history story is like so ridiculously different like
1: but also still crazy yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it then I uh, mean, like well no i don't like telling the story in long term in in detail so mm. i was raised an extremely conservative background like ridiculously conservative i was raised mormon my whole life and so like going from the point of uh in alberta when i was building an off-grid straw bale house preparing for the end of the world um <laughs> true story <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know more about
2: this, yeah. but keep on going. Keep yeah, on yeah. going. Um, but uh, I, I was building my straw bale house down the, in uh, southern Alberta in Cartston, and I uh, was doing backflips for my kids and, and or my daughter, I guess, at the time, in a field, and somebody's like, hey, you should come coach some trampoline or gymnastics and something. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine because I work at a bank. I do loans and mortgages and all that stuff. And and uh and then all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I'll volunteer. I'll go there and volunteer. And then that one thing led to another. The head coach of that gym quit. And then they're like, go take the certification courses. You can take over the whole gym and you'll maybe be making 25 bucks an hour or whatever. And I was like, sweet. All right. And uh, I, I, that's where I transitioned right from, you know, uh, banking to, to, Doing something that I enjoyed doing, I didn't never did it competitively because my parents never let me compete because it was a Sunday thing mm. um, and stuff like that. So I I'd come from this realm of never drinking or even knowing really what alcohol was until the age of thirty, never understanding any concept of drugs or anything like that. Right. Uh, and then going from that, moving to Kelowna, um, in the process of realizing that the way that I lived my entire life was wrong and like i it was a lie wow for <laughs> 30 years yeah yeah so i came out of my religion my wife and i roughly at the same time which is a bit dramatic because i came out first and then she was like oh we can't be together anymore and then about two weeks later she finally read the information that i had read about my own religion and was like yeah we shouldn't be raise our kids in this we shouldn't be here interesting we need to leave and that was a little bit terrifying so putting out a resume to come here i'm at that point in my life like when i moved to clone and met Talon for the first time i thought of myself as an infant mm. because like if i wa- like i didn't understand how to exist in the world or who i was like what my favorite kind of music was like i'd come out of a religion who had basically tailored every thought and every choice i'd ever made around that mm-hmm. versus who am i really right and so i'm like i don't know what i think of it as like i'm 8 years into Find, figuring out who I am <laughs> at the age of 35 so no it was it was an interesting experience and and there's lots of funny stories about like you know I'm drinking alcohol for the first time at the age of 30 and and making choices and and trying to figure out my favorite kind of music or stuff like that right. around around just you know being 30 and being this old interesting so what would the uh what would the cody of pre-discovery think of you now <laughs> oh my god, no, we would not get along. Like like within Mormonism it was hard because I enjoy poking buttons and asking questions that that should usually aren't shouldn't be asked or whatever like I've been in every multi-level marketing scheme available just because I enjoyed sales, I enjoy talking to people, I enjoy like navigating psychology and stuff like that with sure. sales and so I enjoy that whole process and I love the psychology of, you know, teaching a kid a backflip or or seeing a kid navigate, you know, fear for the first time or a little bit of distress. So I I enjoyed that aspects uh, that aspect of it. So if Cody now met Cody then, I would just kill like I like I would sit down and have a conversation with him, but it wouldn't go well. Like mm. yeah, cuz I was so stuck in my religion. I could have met like at some point in time, I could have met the person who would presented me with all that information that would get me out. Yeah. And I would have just said no. Like I would have denied everything and you know, weaseled my way out of it because I'm good at mental gymnastics. Um, but then when I—it it just hurts. Like, that. Ha- having that mindset where you have to bend every part of your soul into a box in order to, to exist is kind of rough. So when you read that your founding prophet was marrying, like, 14-year-old girls, you're like, wait a second, this can't be true. And then you go and actually see the marriage document and you read the kid's journal and you're just like, okay, hey, this is not cool. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so— yeah, leaving Mormonism when you're getting disowned by friends and family, your whole support system's gone. You're basically starting over, friends, like everything at at the age of thirty, starting from zero. <laughs> like, yeah, reset. Wow. <laughs> Hit the reset button. Wow. So, coming to Kelowna was a was a building experience, I guess you could say. Like, even to this day, we definitely don't have. The friend group that we had back then. We definitely don't have a network, community network as much as we had back then. Like yeah. Mormonism, something you can just plug yourself into and instantly you have friends. If you want to move, you know, people are moving you in and out, which was great when everybody helped me move in. That was kind of cool. Yeah, But again, with with that, like that's something that I, I do miss. I do miss a community like that. And that's what we're trying to build. Like Flip right. Club's kind of this concept that we're trying to build a community of friends and family and support groups and, and stuff like that, just within our own lives, but also for the kids. Of so, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it
0: sounds like you both basically overcame these obstacles in your life and boxes in these life that yeah. allowed you to be more free with yourselves, more confident in yourselves. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. huge.
2: So yeah, like back to back to colonial gymnastics when Talon got uh, sorry, not fired. When talent quit, then so that's pretty much summertime right then, and so they're trying to run summer camps, r- yeah. like right for trampoline and parkour and all this stuff. And we don't have a parkour coach anymore, so the owner is like, "Let's put Cody and this other coach." Do I name? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So Cody and Brianna. Oh, <laughs> right. So like, so okay. Who- th- please, yeah, yeah. So there's a video. <laughs> there's a YouTube video. About me trying to coach parkour.
0: Yeah.
2: While I don't know, was it Shaw Kelowna comes in and does this like this video for us, which has a freaking million views, which just is so embarrassing. Wow. It's the worst thing, and I hate being. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) I hate being on camera. I hate all that stuff. Like you watch our Instagram. Like I'm very rarely on it. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not that guy. Yeah. I I should be more of that guy now that I understand the concept of business and stuff like that. People want to know who I am. They want to see more. They want to hear more. But that's just not who I am. So I'm trying to like that's one part of myself I'm trying to nudge. Yeah. Um, but at this time, yeah, this can big camera's in there. I'm mic'd up. Like we're doing these these parkour things and we're trying to make these summer camps survive mm-hmm. because we have no idea what we're doing. Mm. Like, <laughs> like right? Like I honestly don't know like the correctly teaching you, a safety vault at did, that time or
1: didn't you guys hire, well sorry, you guys as in KG, um Hire Logan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the so they only, hired an 11 year old.
2: 11 year old kid. Now, mind you, the kid can do like a round off backhand spring back full, like from standing or like standing double backflips off of blocks without flinching or triple front flips. Like, yeah, this he's, kid's a beast. He was the most insane kid. So we would put, so I would have one station running this camp. I would be doing, thank goodness, flips into the foam pit off of blocks and a trampoline or a double mini. Um, we'd have another person just working like floor work. So handstands, cartwheels, gymnastics type stuff. And then we had the other group, which is all the boxes and stuff like, and, you know, all the parkour set up. And Logan would come in every morning, 11 years old, and set up the entire parkour course with us and explain what he's going to do and this that, and the other thing. And that was only because Talon had trained him, coached him oh. and everything like that. So the kid was... A mini talent. A well, mini talent. Well. Yeah,
1: that's actually his. Was his nickname was Mini Me. Um, <laughs> I, I miss that kid so much. but, yeah. but he's, he's shout great. out to Logan. Um, yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, I did. I did help a lot, but like, that kid was a beast. Yeah, no, no, so like <laughs> so, physically
2: and mentally. So the only reason that parkour program survived the summer at that gym was because of the eleven-year-old kid. Yeah, like holy, he- right? Like that. Like in my head. The only reason why that survived. And then by then, like, I was telling the owner, like, I don't know what you're doing, but this isn't me. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but that other coach, like, we're trying, but we ain't this. Like, you know? Like, you got to figure something out. And so, uh, that's where uh, Yvonne started coming into the picture of the interview process. Should he work at college Gymnastics? Should he not? Um, Hearing the whole thing that went down with Talon. You know, that was… You know, there was a bunch of things that happened even before Talon that I'd heard with other coaches, and I was like, "Okay, hey, this seems to be like a little bit of a trend. Maybe we should be careful about bringing somebody else in." Mm-hmm. Um, Talon had warned him about some stuff. Uh,
1: he he called me and just was just asked for honesty, and I didn't say anything. Yeah, like I wasn't trying to end the parkour program there. that yeah, wasn't yeah. that wasn't my intention. Right. To, to end it, I actually wanted Yvonne to take it, but I also wanted uh, him to know,
2: like. Mm-hmm what can and will go wrong kind of thing sure that's that's yeah. one thing as a business owner now like we see the other gyms struggling and stuff like that and and we see our like you know our, our enrollment rates are like 85% but like if one of these gyms disappeared it would suck because
1: less like, community there's
2: less community 100% yeah. right yeah, yeah. like there's,
1: like we're, we're like as flip club like some definitely i i could name a few people who think we're like out to get them and like take them down we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we 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 don't. We're we're building mm-hmm. a community. If you want to be a part of that community, come and join. It's not like you're joining us. You're just joining everyone else. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Kind of course. Of like like the way we we view Flip Club, if we put it into like a a, a religious aspect, um, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, <laughs> of course, um, is like if Flip Club was the church we are the pastors and priests. There you go. We don't own the religion. We don't make the religion. We just provide it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yep. Which is which is what I, I feel a lot of people nowadays fail to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when Yvonne came in and, and took over the pro- parkour program at Colonial Gymnastics, I think it was about… A year or so um, from that point that he was trying to build the program, navigate it. He's trying to get more parkour equipment at the gym. We're trying to navigate with Gymnastics BC at the time if parkour is even allowed. So we're trying to like, we're calling it urban gymnastics. Mm. Like there's a whole, like Talon started that and there was a parkour thing already in like, you know, with Origins, but that wasn't a part of Gymnastics BC at all. So when he started it, like literally within BC, and as far as I can tell, almost almost in my mind, within Canada, that was the first kind of like thing with parkour and watching it go viral and grow that quickly. And so when Yvonne came in, took over the program, kind of built it up a little bit more. And I just saw it, like I just saw it keep going. Like y-
1: Yvonne did an amazing yeah. job with the program. Right? Yeah. No. Like, he he did he did awesome.
2: And and mm. navigating all that with owner one at the time, like huge props to Yvonne. Like he, as much as, again, because we don't look at it as we wish that program would fail because Talon wasn't there, he was treated improperly, we we want the program to succeed regardless of who is running it, regardless of anything. The program of itself is a benefit to the community, it's a benefit to the kids, Yeah, like it has to keep going. So we were in support of Yvonne trying to help him navigate all that. You know, Yvonne and I would talk late at night, I'd be like, hey, I'm having pro- this problem with my program and he's like, oh, I can't get, you know, I can't get the owner to do this and how did you get him to do that? And I'm like dude, same thing. Like, how'd you get him to do this? So, like, we were always trying to navigate and put an ear in so we'd go talk to the owner and be like, oh, yeah, Yvonne needs this or, dude, do you see how many kids are in that class or, you know, vice versa. So, we're trying to help each other out. Right. And, um, like, at that time, I'm going to competitions with my team. I'm not getting paid any overtime, but I'm working, like, 80-hour a week sometimes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, he put me, and again, I'm still learning the rules and the regulations of employment within bc but like i was on benefits i was an employee i wasn't a contractor he said i was a contractor kind of thing but it was more of an employee because you know you're full benefits and stuff like that yeah of course and uh and so just <laughs> to say hey like you're a manager you're on contract or whatever it is i don't have to pay you overtime i don't have to do this and i was like yeah that's not how that works but you know he's from the states and so it's just a whole clash right right and so whether it was miscommunication or whether it was just, you know, different, you know, belief systems, there was no empathy from the owner side to any of the employees that I ever saw. Mm. Like the empathy was there as a superficial thing, but it was never there as an actual real like sit down and, hey, how you doing? Like, what do you need? Like, right. Like now that we're, we own Flip Club, we think of our employees like we work for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, like we, like, what do you need? Like. How are you doing? Like, are you, are Tyler. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like try to keep them as happy as possible. Because without them, like one thing that we understand, when Talon quit, a ton of kids quit. Yeah. Like, you know, the program went from 180 to 140. Wow. Right? And they, it probably would have dropped off the face of the planet instantly if, if Yvonne hadn't stepped in. Yeah. A lot of kids just want to do parkour. Yeah. Right? And so, and that was the same thing when I got let go slash fired from Clona Gymnastics. My entire pro cram- trampoline program disappeared like the competitive kids tried for a week or two with like the new coach that came come in and and tried to navigate it and they were just like no we're done Yeah,
0: yeah yeah and
2: collectively they just all quit
0: so so you got slash uh fired and let go as well
2: yeah so i would say it was marco's birthday um so it was like may 26th or something like that that I was kind of let go just before the summertime. right? And this was before the end of the session, before my competitive season was over. Like like I still had a little bit of time left on my so-called contract. yeah. And then all of a sudden, just mid-thing, they just walked me into the office during a drop-in, during Marco's birthday. And they're like, hey, we're going to part ways or whatever. And I was like, why? And I, I had the whole thing recorded on my cell phone because I kind of anticipated something was coming. And I looked up the laws and I was like, okay, I'm allowed to record it, good. So I recorded it and it was just, it was an interesting experience to just sit there and be like, he's like, no, you're an amazing employee. Like Your program's flourishing like crazy. There's no reason at all to fire you other than the fact that we're disagreeing about hours and disagreeing about, you know, they wanted me to build a wall trampoline on my own time or develop a wall trampoline program on my own time with my own money, with all that stuff. Oh, you're you're not motivated enough to be a part of this, this organization. Obviously, you're not going to sacrifice anything for it. And I was like, dude, I'm working 50 hours a week right now. You want me to do more on top of that? Like... Like that was my argument, right? I yeah. don't own any of this, right? That's one thing that we have to understand as owners. If we hire, so I talk too fast. If we hire somebody, you can't expect them to have the passion for whatever it is that we're doing as we do. Yeah. Right? Like if you want them to have that passion, then you need to give them a part of the company or you need to give them more money or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so when I was asked to do more, I was not invested enough, like Like I was already giving more. I was giving my max. Yeah. So that was just an interesting thing to see for myself. Like right now, I give way more. We do way more, and I make way less than I did back then. But I'm way more happy about it.
1: I would say we also work less. Yeah. We (laughs)
2: like that's like we work less at this time right now during these weeks. But starting up, oh yeah, no, right? Like we were putting in sixteen-hour days, you know, seven days a week for as long as it took, and we finished like the day that classes started like so i'm f- i'm fired on may 26th you know talent and i from that point in time we're just kind of like every time we'd see each other be like hey you want to start a gym it's like and we were just like double daring each other like <laughs> like yeah yeah okay well i'll oh. go look at this and if i do that then
1: you'll you'll take another step then, that was that was my concept every yeah. step cody took i would be like Okay, I'll take another step. Yeah, I'll take another step. Oh, he took a step.
2: Uh, I'm gonna take another step. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna cool. surprise
1: him with another step. Yeah. Ooh, drama. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you're gonna do that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to find a place. Okay. Well, you found a couple places. All right. We should navigate a business license. Okay. You you navigated a business license. Oh, okay. We start figuring out how to open up a bank account, and like we're just like, let's see how far this will go. Like we didn't know if it would go all the way or not.
0: All right, this is where we're going to end the first part of the interview with the Flip Club. We're going to start part two with them creating it and their life onwards from there. Make sure that you follow them on Instagram at the Flip Club, on Instagram, Facebook, wherever they have pages on Twitter as well. And make sure that you check out their gym in Kelowna. And make sure that you follow For the Culture Canada on Instagram, Facebook. Leave ratings on our podcast. And uh, thank you so much for your listening time. We will see you very soon. Bye.